Hey, family. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We work incredibly hard to identify guests who will help you move forward on your healing journey. So if you are blessed by today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment to subscribe and leave a five-star review. This will help us to reach more people and get this important message of healing out to the world. Thank you in advance for your support and enjoy today's episode. Sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We're so excited to have you here with us today, and we want you to know that we are here to serve you. We are a Christian counseling company, and we we focus on helping you to strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and discover a sense of community to know that you are not alone on your healing journey. Our team of counselors specialize in Bible-based trauma-informed care and grief counseling and a, a number of other things to help you get through painful events in your life. And I'm very excited to welcome to the show one of our very own counselors, Christian Taylor. He's a wonderful man of God. He has his BA in religion and theology. He has his MDiv in chaplaincy, and he has a certification in four units of clinical pastoral education. He has an amazing spirit, and he has a passion for helping people to know God's love and to know that healing is possible. So I'm very excited to welcome Christian Taylor to the show. Welcome, Christian. Thank you for having me. Yes, Christian, we're so excited to have you here. I'm I'm just loving having you on the team. You are so focused on helping people to experience God's healing. And I just wanted to have the opportunity for those who listen to the show to get to, to know who you really are. And so I would love for you to start off by just telling our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself, your life growing up. Um, so just share a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. I say that um, to a lot of people. That's the first thing I say. I'm like, oh, I'm from Cleveland. But actually, I grew up my first half of my life in Huntsville, Alabama. And if you know anything about the two, they're totally different. <laughs> I grew up in, you know, the in the city of Huntsville, but it was so much more slower. It was, you know, you could leave your door open um, and, you know, we could play outside all day and my parents didn't even have to worry. Um, and, uh, I have four siblings as well. One of them is a twin. I'm actually a twin, if you didn't know. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, kind of growing up down there for the first maybe 11, 12 years of my life were, um, it's quite enjoyable. I mean, it was just very, just relaxing. It was us. It was just, you know, my mom, my dad and, and five kids and, uh, we were very much into the church and so much of our life was re revolved around the church. Um, and so they really wanted us to grow up with a Christian uh, identity and a, well, my name is Christian. And so even doubly, <laughs> uh, but just, just have this sense of connection with God. And, and I will tell you that I think that I would not be here today if it had not been for that kind of that upbringing and that type of uh, focus that my parents had. Uh, the flip side of that is that, you know, the, the home was a very hostile environment, though. Um, and it had a lot to do with just my parents and their, their issues with each other. And, uh, and it resulted in, in them uh, separating. 
but the separation was like very, very dramatic because we were, we were living in Huntsville, Alabama, but all of our family was up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, that's where my parents were from. That's where I was born. Um, so when the split happened, uh, that meant that uh, I stayed down with my dad in uh, Huntsville, my mom and uh, all of the my sister siblings went up to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I remember the day, honestly, I remember the day because um, maybe a couple months prior, I was, all of us were in the cars, five kids jam-packed in a Honda Civic. <laughs> and, and I remember my mom turning around and saying, if, you know, if your dad and I split up and mind you at this time, I'm, you know, I'm, I think maybe uh, almost 11. If your dad and I split up, uh, who do you want to go with? And I've never, as a child, never had to deal with such a conundrum. I mean, what are we asking? What are we, what are we choosing here? Who's better? Uh, <laughs> who, who do I favor more? It was just, it was a very hard and kind of a blow to my, what I thought was my reality. And, um, and so several months, it might have been a month or a year later, uh, it actually happened and, uh, and bags were being packed, van was being um, filled with different things. My sisters were getting put in the car and, and I, my mom told me and my brother, she, they, she said, do you want to go with me? And I still had not found a resolution to the question. And so I'm just debating in my mind, what does it mean for, for the one parent if I say yes and the other parent if I say no to them? And before long, I you know, was in my room, I was talking to my brother, he's a couple of years older. And I said, I told him, I said, I'm going, I'm going. At that moment, I heard the, I heard the car pulling out of the driveway and, and just headed, headed north. And I, I don't know that just, I, I, I like, as a kid, I just wish there was some uh, like more time. I just, I, I had finally made my decision and it was too late. And, um, and just dealing with the separation itself was just a lot. It was a lot, but I say that to say, because that was a big turning point for me because I had, I had this spiritual crisis up until then, you know, this relationship with God was very, um, you know, just kind of casual and just kind of what I knew. But now I had deep like wounds and needs and, and I just didn't know where to get them from. My, my dad kind of went inside. And, um, and so there wasn't much I felt like I could get from him. In fact, I took on more of a, a caretaker type of role, almost maybe feeling bad for him um, in the situation. And, uh, and so I just, I, I kind of just I didn't know what to do. And so I also did a lot inside of trying to figure out my own emotions and trying to figure out where God was in all of this. Um, because, you know, I, I had learned the principles that my parents wanted me to learn regarding faith and, and hope and trust and those things. But, you know, our, the reality of the current situation seemed to blow all that up. <laughs> um, and from there, I think, that's, that's really where my spiritual journey took on a very intentional and meaningful form, uh, whatever that form was. Um, but I really struggled. I really struggled. I, um, I, was, I, I would categorize myself as a depressed child, um, just very not talkative, not really um, engaging in much uh, activities. 
And so uh, that from that point on, it just really led to years long conflict with my mom. Our relationship never really got to a place of, of healing or um, reconciliation, even though there were many attempts, it just never, never worked. And, um, but I did end up going back and moving uh, back to Cleveland. Uh, my dad wanted to be, see his daughters as well. So we, we went back up. Um, my parents never got back together. In fact, they several years later ended up divorcing, which at that, if most, most kids who come from that type of home, um, it's almost gets to the point where you you're excited for the divorce now, <laughs> you know, it's like, just get it over with. Um, but, um, but it was, it was a huge, uh, huge challenge to now try to navigate the relationship with my mom, who I feel like our, we just really disconnected. Um, and um, she, uh, she's stubborn and I'm, uh, I could be withdrawn. <laughs> and so I wouldn't maybe communicate what I needed. And she wasn't really trying to hear anything, you know? Um, and so, so that really, uh, created a path where once I became a young adult, when I was 18, 19 years old, um, I just decided it was time for me to, uh, to, to, to move out. Um, but I did the wrong thing by moving out with, um, with my, to move out from her house, to move back in with my dad. And, and by now they're, they're arch nemesis and, <laughs> and enemies. And so that was really taken as a form of betrayal. And, um, and that that further declined our, our relationship. And um, I really, I guess I can really summarize that time with just saying that, you know, um, I, I knew enough of God to know that he was one that I could talk to. And he was somebody that at least could listen, even if maybe I didn't hear him all the time <laughs> talking back, at least I needed somebody who could listen. And, and he, I really felt him do that for me, honestly, as a, as a teenager, as a young adult, I really felt like I had God's ear and, and by default, I, I just being able to, to, to share and get those things out, it helped give me some sense of clarity for my life. And I, and I really resolved at, at 19 years old, I'm going to do something. Um, I'm going to do something with my life. I'll also say I was homeschooled early on. And so after, um, and my, so by the teenage years, uh, I really wasn't homeschooled. In fact, I just dropped out of school. That's even where my depression went. I just dropped out of school. In fact, I worked like a full-time person at 15 years old at a, at a restaurant. And um, I, I lied to the uh, I lied to the manager and told him, since I'm homeschooled, I can work anytime and I'll do my schoolwork at night. And he took that. And so, <laughs> and so, um, I didn't do schoolwork at night. I just worked. That's all I did. And, um, and yeah, it sounds like you had to do, have a lot of adult decisions at an early age. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and that's, that's very challenging. And so, yeah. I'm curious as to what were some of the things that you did to help you to heal? Obviously you talked about God and, and yeah. really honing in on that relationship, but yeah. what were some other things that you end up doing as you got older to help you to really deal with those childhood wounds? Yeah, I found, I found mentors. Uh, they were very, very helpful for me. Um, and then the other, and I'll talk about mentors just after this, but 
the other thing was um, I, I, I did start counseling on my own. Like I just, I just decided I needed it. I didn't, I, you know, I did grow up in the family in the home where it was like, we don't tell anybody our business and what state happens in the house stays in the house. And so for a long time, I really held to that. I, I didn't want to embarrass my parents. I didn't want to share any of their stuff. Um, but I had to come to the place where I realized this is also my story. Um, and as much as I hide theirs, I'm also hiding mine and, and what's going on with me. And so I just, you know, I decided, hey, I need to, I need to talk with somebody. Um, and so I started going to counseling. I started getting really active in the church and that that spiritual growth was really helpful for me just by helping other people in their spiritual walk um, was, was really healing for me too. Um, uh, but also when it came to the mentors, uh, one of my managers at my job, um, he really took, took to me. He trusted me. I mean, he would give me the keys to his car and, and give me a bag of money and tell me to drive to the bank. And even at the bank, they would look at me and they say, uh, no, we can't, we can't accept this. This is not your money. Right. And now I'm also, I'm also a manager at the bank too. I, I mean, at the restaurant, but he's the general manager. And because, and honestly, uh, it was because I was, I was a black person, a black guy, young, young, 19 years old, where they were just like, we don't trust you. So he would literally call up to the bank and, and then chew them out. And sometimes would even come up to the bank <laughs> and say, no, he has every right. His name is on this. You need to, you need to accept it. This was a white guy too. He's an atheist actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it was, it was like, he really took to, took to me. But um, one thing he did was he, um, he told me he wanted to promote me uh, to be a general manager because he was becoming, uh, moving into corporate. So he put my name in a couple of times. And uh, they kept coming back to nod. Uh, everybody at, at corporate and the, the store knew that I was the best employee. I was a hard worker, um, but they kept coming back denied. And he sat me down one day and I thought he was actually gonna tell me that I got, you know, I got the job. And uh, he, said, he said, I'm gonna tell you this and I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I'm gonna tell you this because you need to hear it. He said, um, you're not gonna get promoted here. And, and I said, why? Like, what's, what's wrong? He said two things. Number one, um, they don't want a black person as the face of their store. And I know that hurts, but I need you to hear this. And number two, you're too young. You're the youngest person at, at, at this store. And so they don't, they, they worry that the people who are older will be jealous, you know, and they'll have an issue and it'll be conflict. And so uh, they're, they're not going to promote you. But he said, he said, he told me this. He said, um, what is it that you were meant to do with your life? And I didn't know. I didn't know. And he said, you need to go figure that out. And in fact, you need to figure it out right away. And if you find out what it is, let me know. I'll help you. But you can't stay here. Yeah. And and he was willing to actually fire me if I linger too long. <laughs> That's how much he believed in me. But he just he just didn't want me settling. Uh, and that really started my process of what is my purpose? What am I meant to do? What does God have for me? And then that's when God started speaking. Wow. Ew, that's so interesting. That's good because sometimes there's doors that close. And obviously you were on this path. You're like trying to get promotion. And that's, that sounds like a great thing, but that was not your yeah, calling. Yeah. That wasn't, wasn't your assignment. No. And so what led you to go down a path of becoming a chaplain? Let's talk yeah. about that. 
Yeah. So when God started whispering my name after after this atheist started telling me that I need to find my purpose, um, when he started whispering my name, uh, the thing he said was, I need you to study for ministry. Uh, I was at the time um, actually in the middle of speaking to a youth for a youth uh, event at a church. And uh, in the middle of the message, literally God just started talking to me. And I'm still speaking my message, but then I'm having a conversation with God at the same time. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was just like what he said, I want you to study for this. I want you to study for ministry. And uh, even now I reflect back on why he said that instead of just saying, hey, I want you to go be a minister. I want you to go pastor, right? He said, I want you to study. And that was, that was crucial for me because that's the one thing I had not done since I had dropped out is study. And so it was a challenge, and, 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 but I believed it. I believed that this was now my purpose. And so within two months, I got my GED. I signed up for a college that was 600 miles away back in Huntsville, Alabama. I got out of the lease of my apartment and, and I drove. Um, I drove down to school. I had to sleep in my car to even get financially able to join the school. But I did, and, and from there, it was just one blessing after another and how God just confirmed more and more that this is exactly what he wants for me. Um, and it was there at that college, I learned about chaplaincy um, from a professor. He, uh, he used to work at a psychiatric hospital and, and would address the spiritual and emotional needs of patients in ways that were really so profound for me because some of them couldn't even communicate or, uh, you know, correctly or intelligibly, but he would give them the space, give them the time, make them feel heard and understood. And sure enough, over time, their communication got better or their treatment process improved. And, and they spoke of the meaning and the impact that he had. And I said, I want to have an impact. <laughs> I want to have an impact on people. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that led me down the path. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. And as a chaplain, like fast forwarding, you became a chaplain, you're working in this, in this field, you see a lot of suffering taking yeah. place. You're seeing people sometimes at their last days or families who just lost a loved one. It's a lot of pain there. Mm -hmm. And this is almost kind of like a two-part question. Yeah. What are some of the things that you learned while working in this role and around suffering specifically? Yeah. And how does that relate to your theology of suffering as a yeah. child of God? Yeah. You know, I believe that suffering makes one wise, whether you are the one who is suffering as or you're the one caring for someone who's suffering. But it offers a unique wisdom that honestly, I don't think you can get anywhere else. I've seen people go through intense suffering and their life sobers up in such a way where they get a grasp on that which is most meaningful in life. And uh, all of that friv fr frivolous stuff, all of that trivial things, they just go by the wayside and they hone in on that which can take them to eternity. And that's from any type of denomination, any type of faith uh, background. They want something that they can hold on to in the darkest hour. Um, and so um, spending time with people who are suffering, it has taught me so much. I consider myself a student um, of those who suffer. And, um, and one thing I've learned that if you, if you really wanna, you really wanna know what your faith is made of, you need to go visit someone who's sick, someone who's struggling, someone who's suffering, 
um, because they have to wrestle with their faith in, in ways that we never have. Um, and, and, and out of that uh, comes a testing and a, and a kind of a, a proving and, a, and, and a, a evidence of what really is your faith. And so um, a lot of us, I've met a lot of people and they've heard either a lot of sermons or they've sat under a lot of people. But one thing I've learned is we don't do as much of a job to help prepare people for the darkest part of life, to really help prepare them for that and prepare their faith. Because, because in those moments, we have almost taught them that, you know, it's 100% guaranteed that God is going to just reverse that and you're going to be skipping <laughs> out of it. But what happens when God just joins you in the suffering and says, I'm just going to be with you through this. And we're going, we're going to collect some nuggets, some treasures and some gems. But this may not mean that you will experience physical healing. Oh, that's tough right there. Yeah. And that's not yeah. what people want to hear, yeah. you know, because we have our idea of how things should look. Uh, and um, being able to be in the suffering while understanding that God is always with us. He was with his yeah, son, yeah. Jesus, on the cross, yeah, you know, yeah. and so understanding that suffering will take place in our life. And it doesn't necessarily mean in some cases people think it's their fault. But suffering is not always a, as a result of something that you did. It's just no. this is what life looks like. We are going to experience yeah. suffering. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and I think about uh, the story of Job comes to mind, how he had his friends who um, they started off when they visited him, just being quiet and being present with them. But then things kind of went south and they started trying to give advice and telling him that he's yeah. the reason all this stuff happened. And I just wanted to ask you, since you have experience in doing this, mm -hmm. if, if a friend or a loved one that, you know, is really having a difficult time and they're suffering, what is some advice that you can give uh, that person who wants to support their loved one to yeah. be with their friend in that time of suffering? Yeah. Um, number one, um, don't provide canned uh, phrases and <laughs> don't, don't people, people don't need those. Uh, it, they, they, they hit the ceiling and fall to the ground. Um, if you don't have anything that you know to say, it's way better to say nothing at all. In fact, it may be the best thing that you can do instead of saying something. The other thing is, uh, I love in Job chapter six, uh, Job chapter six, uh, Job is, he's already entered into that conversation with his friends. They've already kind of got tough on him. And he says something in Job six. He says, he says the words, of, and I'm paraphrasing, and I'll put it in the new Christian uh, version. He's saying, uh, he's saying that the words of the, of the sufferer, the words of one in despair are like the wind. God doesn't even hold those against a person like that. And, and so he's like, how are you going to try to, you know, um, almost oppress me with your words because you think my words are, are, are the reason why this is happening to me? He says, no. God is able to listen to my words because of the word, they're the words of the despairing. Um, and so as a friend, as a, as a, a loved one, don't, don't judge the sufferer for what comes out of their pain. D don't, don't judge them for that. Give them the room and the space to express their pain and their agony, just like Job was given uh, 30 plus chapters. Like <laughs> give, give them the space and the language if you can to, to, to give, give room for that pain to just be expressed. And honestly, the one thing I've learned, if you let people get out what's in, 
it allows them to draw draw closer and draw near that which is out and and that they need. So if God is someone they need, then if they can get their their expressions, their pain out, there's room for him to come in. Amen. Yes. And I I would love for you to speak to someone who's in their Job moment right now. Mm -hmm. If they're dealing with suffering, loss of health, loss loss of a loved one, loss of a job, whatever that is, uh, what words of encouragement would you offer them today? Mm. Uh, Your God is very much acquainted with the deep uncertainty, the agony and the pain, wherever your level of suffering is. Uh, God is there. He's been there. He's had to deal with it. And so he is an understanding God. And I just want you to know that if, if you ever think that in your midst, the midst of your suffering, and, and you know, we can get pretty low. Uh, life can take us very, very low. Just know that God is not one who runs from difficult conversations. He's not one who gets angry and ready to zap you because you get angry at him. In fact, I paint the picture of a God who has big ears like an elephant, and he's willing to hear everything you have to say. And in fact, if you got some anger to come out, if you're upset with him right now, you feel like he's disappointed you and left you uh, to just to, to, to rot, just know he's right there. And in fact, he's like, if you got some, some punches you need to get out, go ahead, beat on my chest while I hold you. And just picture God as that type of uh, figure who will let you beat on his chest, who will let you cry on his chest as he wraps his arm around you and holds you and say, hey, I know you don't have all the answers now, but we can go through this together. Um, that's, what, that's what I would say. Your, your God is with you and he is very much familiar with suffering. Yes. Yes, he is. Uh, Those are some words that I need to grab onto. I think we all needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. And because we we focus on helping people to experience emotional healing in their life, I want you to also speak briefly to that in terms of God's ability to heal uh, from those painful events. What do you know to be true about that, Christian? I know that God is an emotional God as we are created in his image. And if God is an emotional God, if you read through scripture and you find yourself maybe thinking, okay, who is God? Well, he's the God who cries. He's the God who, who yearns and agonizes. He loves, he, he misses people. He, he, uh, he tries to woo, he laughs. He is the God who, of emotions. And so, um, so just know that uh, he, he understands the range of emotions that we can experience, but also he, he is a God of healing. In fact, I believe that the gospel itself and in, its, it's in its entirety is really about healing in this life and the life uh, to come. And so uh, everything that you have seen Christ do um, for humanity beyond the healings and everything, they were meant to bring some healing, even to the emotional brokenness, even into the emotional uh, situation you may be dealing with. And so um, there is hope. There is so much hope for you. Uh, And I know you want it. You may just not know how to do it. And I think that's why we're here. uh, And that's why uh, Faith on the Journey is here, because uh, it's an opportunity for you to connect to people who, who's been on the journey themselves, but also who, who can walk with you and say, hey, we can get there. We can make some progress. We can, we can walk together with God, almost like on the, the road to of Emmaus, the road to Emmaus, where Jesus is just 
quietly walking with two individuals. Uh, I think that's, that's what we're inviting you into. Yes, we are. And that's a perfect segue into just talking about why you became a Christian counselor. Why were you so excited to join the Faith on the Journey team? Yeah, uh, never heard of a trauma healing guide before, uh, but I love uh, I love the term and, and the way that uh, the meaning behind it and the definition of it. And, and for me, joining this uh, gets me excited because uh, it gives an opportunity for people I think from a very spiritual perspective, uh, a chance to, to, in, to merge their faith with uh, some psychosocial and behavioral um, methods that will, that will really do dual, a dual work, not just emotional healing, which is going to happen, I think, which it can happen, but to grow in faith at the same time, for our eyes to have the scales taken off and we can actually see God working and put him to the test. Is he who he says he is? Um, and so I love helping to connect people spiritually. I love having to walk with people in, in those through those traumatic journeys and pathways and, and finding where the light switch is in the darkness. Where is the light switch? I won't turn it on for you, but I'll be there to help you find it. <laughs> Yes, yes. And if you've all heard that term trauma healing guide for the first time, don't worry. That's the term that we use to uh, uh, refer to our counselors because they're walking with you to help you to heal uh, from a traumatic event in your life. Uh, to maybe from grief and loss, anything that was really painful, you have someone who's journeying with you. Yeah. And as Christian mentioned, uh, no one has is exempt from feeling pain or have gone have experiencing trauma and so our trauma healing guides they're familiar with suffering in difficult yeah. times and so they yeah. can relate uh to some of the experiences that you might have gone through and so mm -hmm. christian it's been such an amazing interview i wish we had more time but <laughs> is there any final remarks that you want to share with our audience today yeah the last thing i'll say is i, I firmly believe that healing happens in community um, and, and it's mainly because we were, we were made as communal beings. We were made to have brothers and sisters in, in our neighborhood and, and we're made to have uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and uh, because of that, uh, there, there has to be more than just a one come alongside individual uh, that, that really this is about um, influence a, a community to be healing a community around you and a community around me. And so uh, I firmly believe that we get connected to healing uh, environments, spaces, community, uh, that God could do amazing things. Amen. And yes, he will. And mm -hmm. I was just so blessed by our conversation today, Christian, and I know our Thank audience you. has been as well. And if you all like to learn more about Christian, if you want to connect with Christian as your counselor, please visit our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, faithonthejourney.org. And he'll be happy to meet with you <laughs> and walk along with you on your journey. But Christian, thank you so much again for being here with us today. You have truly been a blessing. Thank you for having me. So that's it for today's broadcast, family. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please help us to get this word out to other people by sharing today's episode and also leaving a review. Also, I encourage you to visit our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that's faithonthejourney.org to explore all of the resources that are available for you. So that's it for today. And we can't wait to see you again next week. But until then, you keep your faith on the journey, family. And I'll see you soon.